The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. I'm delighted that we're joined for Culture Club today by a musician, songwriter, singer and producer. Elaine May joins us. And before we talk to her, let's hear a little bit of her music. This is Still Feel featuring Alvaretti. And of course, Alvaretti is a previous guest here on the Culture Club. Elaine May, thank you very much for joining us. I believe that's the first track from the new album, your first album. And when are we going to get to hear it all? Uh, yeah, it's the second track, actually. I had one out earlier in the year, um, No Forever with, with May Kay, and then this was um, the follow-up. So yeah, I've just been kind of like uh, finalising everything now over the last couple of months, and we're hoping for an October release. So very exciting. Have you a name in it yet? I don't. Why not? <laughs> because you know like with things like this you just overthink them intensely um so i will i'll be settling on it soon but but not not just yet <laughs> you're very well known as a producer and for doing remixes so how exciting is it to do your own work under your own name coming out um yeah it's really exciting i think like one of the most exciting things about this project has been um collaborating collaborating with other artists so you know for example alva and and may Kay, and I've, I've got some other collaborators as well on some of the other tracks um and that's just been so much fun um you know i have kind of sang previously and i just kind of wanted to try something different for this and uh it's been such a pleasure just working with other people especially through lockdown of course um, you're also one of the singers on dreams weren't you by irish women in harmony yeah, yeah. And that, that was an amazing experience as well. Really solid network um, of women there who've just been supporting each other, you know, through everything in the last couple of years, which is amazing. And of course, that raised an enormous amount of money for uh, the anti-domestic violence charity Safe Ireland. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so something that we're really proud of, definitely. Very good. Well, we're delighted to get some of your influences in the music part of the Culture Club. We always ask our guests to nominate the first piece of music that they can remember buying. We often say single, but you're of a generation that's probably singles don't mean that much to you, do they? No, it was all about singles for me back oh, in the it? day. 
Yeah, totally. Um, I used to get like a small allowance from my mum every week. Um, it's kind of like the benefit of being an only child, you know. Um, and I used to buy a single pretty much every week. Um, so I just remember that it was like a record first and then it definitely moved on to you know cds pretty quickly um but yeah no all about the singles initially for sure so what's the first one that you can remember you have a really striking memory of buying um boys own coming home now on vinyl <laughs> and I, I think i remember it because i'm pretty sure it was green and um i just was like a huge fan of them when they came out initially and like i think one of the main things that like you know drew me to them is the fact that we were actually able to go see them because i grew up in like you know rural mayo and they played in like kelchama and they played in um i think banada at the time and like we went to see them in both places and i just me and my cousins were just mad about them um so i have a really specific memory of buying that um vinyl um and then quickly moving on to cds but that's definitely the first one i I have a recollection well let's let's hear a little bit of boys on coming home now What do you make of that boys on track now? It's so funny. I haven't heard it in so long. And I still remember all the words. So there you go. But do you like it still? Yeah. What's not to like, you know? <laughs> like it's a, it's a good pop song, nice harmonies. Yeah, absolutely. Boys on for life. Well, I'm going to move to your favourite artist next because you've gone back to something which I imagine must have been influenced by somebody a lot older than you because you certainly would not have been around for ABBA in their heyday. No, so that's all my mum. My mum is absolutely uh, like obsessed with ABBA, loves them and would have kind of had ABBA gold on when I was growing up. And uh, I've just like, they're just part of me. I just love them so much. And um, yeah, that definitely came from her. And why so? What is it about ABBA that appeals to you, given that you are a musician and a producer and a singer? So why ABBA? I mean, I think initially it was just like, okay, they have like super catchy tunes and you can just, you know, total earworms get into them really easily. But I think as I got older and I kind of started like learning a little bit more about them and was kind of learning music myself, I realized realized how intricate and how well written and how complex their songs are. Um, They're just incredible songwriters. And um, I actually got to go to the ABBA Museum a couple of years ago. There's there's an ABBA Museum? Yeah. Where's that and what's in it? It's in Sweden. And uh um 
there's just like loads of memorabilia, like from their early days, some of the instruments, like information of like, you know, stories about when they recorded and where they wrote and where they stayed and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and all of the gigs and stuff that they did in like, they were touring an insane amount and doing a, a huge amount of shows. So it's all just really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, massive respect for them as musicians. Well, Such the, good songwriters. The, the bit of music that we have is the song that maybe introduced them to the majority of people in this part of the world when they won the Eurovision in 1974 with Waterloo. That's ABBA and Waterloo. So let's go to Best Gig, which is something very different. What have you picked for us? Um, I picked seeing Bjork um, on the steps of the Opera House in Sydney. Um, I've been to so many gigs over the years, but I think for me this just massively stands out because I obviously was away from home and that setting is just phenomenal. Um, And I've seen Bjork three times. That was the first time I saw her um, and I was just completely blown away by like her presence, the instrumentation, everything. It was just such an incredible show. Um, And yeah, it just for for me it stands out for sure so this was on the steps of the opera house they didn't leave her inside so this is for a big (laughs) open air how many people would be at a gig like that gosh I really don't remember and I'm like terrible at like guessing (laughs) but was it a big big crowd there for this I'd say it was a few thousand I think Um, but it was it was down just off the steps Um, so yeah I think I'm not sure why but yeah basically like a big open air concert or whatever and uh, really gorgeous sunny day um, as you'd expect and it was just class but she's a big personality as well, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. And like, you know, an artist who can kind of fill in more of a kind of a smaller space like that. But then I've seen her like at Electric Picnic and I've seen her in Three Arena and she just brings this incredible show as well to kind of bring her music to life. So yeah, she's she's something else. Let's hear a little bit of Army of Me from the live album of Post.
Oh, that's terrific. I'd listen to more of that. She really is. Such a good song. It's such a good song and such a fantastic performance. But take us, give us a favourite album. It's very hard, we know, whenever we're asking people to nominate one favourite album. And particularly somebody involved in music must have so many. But we asked you to limit it down to one. And what did you go for? Um, I went for Caribou Swim. Um, and that's an album that I've, I've, I've really, really loved since it came out. And I think I just have a real strong emotional connection to Caribou because I've seen them loads of times live and I've seen them at like festivals with friends and on like beautiful days and stuff. And I just have like really specific memories around hearing those tracks live. Um, and it's such a gorgeous album. Um, so yeah, one I, one I will love for life for sure. Let's hear a little bit from Caribou Swim. This is Odessa. track Caribou's Swim if we'd allowed you to go for others who else would you have brought in Elaine May <laughs> um, I probably would have picked a Bjork album um, I probably would have picked something by Roy Orbison um, but yeah or probably LCD Sound System as well but definitely Caribou kind of float to the top for me I think Okay obviously Roy Orbison doesn't fit into the electronic music <laughs> type category but you would seem to have a bias towards that a bit would you? I love him so much. I just think he's got such an incredible voice and range um, and a brilliant so- songwriter with such a kind of uh, just great way of like drawing emotion, you know, and like kind of telling a story through his um, tracks. So he's absolutely a favourite of mine as well. But the electronic music seems to be where your real love lies, is it? It is, but like I, I also think that I kind of have that. I, I very much started off like playing guitar and stuff like that. So I really always go back to a lot of kind of singer-songwriter stuff because I think that's where my, my roots were, you know. But we're now getting to the non-music part of the Culture Club today. And podcasts, we don't often get to podcasts, but I thought we might today just make sure that we would get a podcast in on the Culture Club. And you have picked one for us. What is it? 
Um, I picked my therapist, Ghosted Me. Um, so it's a relatively new podcast. It's presented by Joanne McNally and Vogue Williams. Um, and uh, it's it's just so funny. It's like one of the best podcasts I've listened to um, for ages, for sure. Um, there's so many podcasts out there. I feel like it can be difficult sometimes to find ones that really resonate with you. Um, but they're both just so relatable. They have such great chemistry. Um, and it's just an absolutely great listen. So highly recommend. Was that a surprise to you that the two of them sort of have developed this uh, chemistry? I think, I mean, I've been reading, hasn't Joanne sort of moved moved in with Vogue and her family in London or is that just something they're saying to get a bit of publicity do you think? Oh I think they just come across as being really great mates you know um, and as I say because they have this really great chemistry it just totally translate, it translates through the podcast um, so yeah really really great one for sure. Okay well we have a little bit of it my therapist goes to me let's hear an extract. I remember someone kept going on and changing my name to Joanne. Was that you? What? I swear to God. Vogue, real name Joanne. I, I get real <laughs> name Joanne or Sharon. Who's Sharon? Now, they just say that because my name is so ridiculous that I've made it up and I must be called Sharon or Joanne. That's so insulting to me because that's suggesting my name is so incredibly basic <laughs> that the opposite of your glitzy exotic name is my name. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. I'm the Karen to Vogue. <laughs> it's all right, Joanne. It's the English people, though. What about the English Jeez, people? If another one of them calls me Joanna. <laughs> it's the be- I love when people call her Joanna. She gets so you kind of let it happen, though. It's your own what? fault. You're victim blaming. Like, there's a certain window where you, you at the start you just want to be polite and you assume that they'll cop it themselves, and then they don't. Like my trainer, who obviously I haven't used in any degree. <laughs> you have a trainer in a year. <laughs> Okay, that's a bit of my therapist goes to be from Joanne McNally and Vogue Williams. Let's move to television. And as it happens, Elaine, you're the first person who has picked Mayor of Easttown as your favourite current TV show. And I suppose that's because it's so recent and people haven't had the opportunity. We've talked about it a lot in our weekly television spot on Monday nights. But what has it done for you? Why have you gotten into it so much? Um, I think mainly Kate Winslet and how phenomenal she is in it um, and how real and relatable she is. And uh, I mean, the story is excellent, keeps keeps you on your toes the whole time. It's kind of short as well, which I appreciate because I think a lot of series are super long these days. Um, and I just thought it was brilliant. We, we kind of ploughed through it as soon as we started watching it because it was so good. Let's hear a little bit with Kate Winslet as Mayor, Jean Smart as her mother, Helen, and Patrick McDade as Mr. Carroll. You think there's a part of Mr. Carroll that's relieved? I'm just saying. Jesus, Mayor. She seemed to drive him nuts all the time. You said as much yourself. You're allowed to say that when the person's alive. After they die, everyone's a saint. Listen up! Uh, first, uh, I, I want to thank you all for coming here today to honor my dear Betty. But there's something else I'd like to say, and I got to get it off my chest. I mean, I, I was going to tell Betty, but now that looks like that isn't going to happen. And I can't live with this anymore. I, I can't live with the guilt. I had an affair with Helen Fahey. Very strong. It happened twice. <laughs> okay, three times, tops. 
but you know, then the fact that I can't even remember how many should tell you all you need to know about what it meant to me. <laughs> I mean, what kind of smack that he has makes an announcement like that at his wife's funeral reception anyway? <laughs> Yeah, there's Mare, played by Kate Winslet. Absolutely delighted at her mother's embarrassment. I thought Jean Smart was absolutely incredible in that series as well. But do you think, and without giving anything away as to how it finished, because I'm aware there are people still haven't seen it and we don't want to give spoilers, can there really be a second series of Mare of Easttown? Was it one of these things that was just so good in itself you'd almost ruin it by trying to do it again? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that just needs to be it. I think it was just so perfect. Um... I'm sad to say that because I'd love to see, you know, more of her as that character. But I think it, it's better to leave it as is, I think. You also picked out L Word Generation Q. Tell us about this. Yeah, so the L Word is like, you know, um, it's a show about a group of lesbians living in um, L.A. And, it, you know, it, it was actually originally on about 15 years ago, I think. Um, and representation was just for for the queer community especially for lesbians around that time was like uh you know was was low let's say um so when the show came out it was like really incredible to kind of see yourself in a way reflected in that show now it, it, in fairness it hasn't aged very well and um you know like on a rewatch it, it isn't as good as i definitely thought it was when i watched it the first time but um they've come back with a reboot which is l word generation q um so the second season of that is coming out in a couple of months um and that's really i've been really enjoying that um, so yeah, very a good show for sure. Has it been updated to sort of modern day realities, or what is it that makes the modern version, to your mind, better? I think it just is more. You know, it's obviously moved on um, with the times, so to speak. Um, it's more reflective of the community, um, more open minded, more diverse, um, and things like that. So yeah, it's definitely a better watch for sure. You've also picked out something called Grayson's Art Club. What is that? Yeah, so we fell into this one completely accidentally. Um, I think it, the last time it was on was a couple of months ago, but Grayson Perry is a, a, an artist based in the UK. Um, and he basically had the show on Channel 4, I think it was on for maybe about six weeks, um, where he would have a theme each week and then he would put a call out for people to send in their art related to the theme. And then basically for that week, he will just kind of talk about that and create his, create his own art as well based around that theme. Um, and it was just so interesting to see like how people relate to those themes and the different kind of interpretations and the art that they create um, and it was a real kind of lifeline in lockdown because he kind of got to see you know how people were kind of like dealing with all of these different things that he was bringing up and he's a really warm and an open person as well um, which just makes it a really nice watch so highly recommend. Let's hear a little bit of the clip from it. It can't be said too many times you know um, a real relationship with making art can be an awfully good thing in times when we're struggling. You know, I'm not saying what sort of art. You can write poems, you can make videos, you can do knitting, you can make, you know, elaborate meals or anything. Creativity, it's a way of dealing with what's going on in your life. And it operates on a level that we, we don't always access easily in our day-to-day -day relationships or with language. And so I think it's an important thing. It's very important to me and it's very important to Maggie. So uh, plug away at it, I say. And do a drawing every day, like she says. I think that's great advice, you know. Become familiar with your voice on the paper. That's Grace and Perry. Did it prompt you, Elaine May, to turn to drawing or do you, did you have enough in your art in music during lockdown? 
I think I had enough. I was quite focused and I had a few projects happening that I was quite, um, you know, focused on trying to get finished. Um, I am can't draw either, even though he's like insistent that like, you know, it doesn't matter your, your level of skill. Um, but I think the outlet for me kind of lies in music and other things. Um, but I love the way he kind of talks about that, you know, art as an outlet, um, because I think it's it's very true and very relate- relatable, not just for artists, for everyone. I see on my list you also had honourable mention for Dawson's Creek and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, so these are like, you know, ones from from when I was younger, for sure. Um, yeah, like obsessed would be more of a fair um you know judgment there um yeah kept me kept me going through my teenage years for sure okay what about books and authors um yeah so i think the one that kind of really stands out for me purely because i always go back to him is um edgar Allan poe i got like a book of his complete works when i was a teenager um and i like you know the kind of darkness in his stories and the way he uses the english language um and the raven is definitely one of like my favorite ones of his for sure um so it's a book that i i have that original copy you know to this day so i i tend to kind of go back to that one so yeah really love his storytelling well, we actually have audio of Vincent Price, the actor, reading the poem by Edgar Allan Poe, The City in the Sea. Gleams up the pinnacles far and free, up domes, up spires, up kingly halls, up fanes, up Babylon-like walls, up shadowy long-forgotten bowers of sculptured ivy and stone flowers. Up many and many a marvellous shrine whose wreathed friezes intertwine the vial, the violet and the vine. Resignedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. So blend the turrets and shadows there that all seem pendulous in air while From a proud tower in the town, death looks gigantically down. Their open fanes and gaping graves yawn level with the luminous waves, but not the riches there that lie in each idol's diamond eye. Not the gaily jeweled dead tempt the waters from their bed, for no ripples curl, alas along that wilderness of glass. No swellings tell that winds may be upon some far-off happier sea. No heavings hint that winds have been on seas less hideously serene. The City in the Sea by Edgar Allan Poe. To finish off, favourite movie is one, Elaine, I have to say it has been nominated at this stage. I've lost count a number of times here in the Culture Club. It is so, so popular. But before we talk about it, let's hear the clip in which Tim Robbins as Andy and Morgan Freeman has read take part in possibly the most famous scene from the Shawshank Redemption. I don't think I could make it on the outside, Andy. I've been in here most of my life. I'm an institutional man now. It's like Brooks was. Well, you underestimate yourself. I don't think so. In here, I'm the guy who can get things for you, sure, but outside, all you need is the yellow pages. 
Hell, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Pacific Ocean? Shit. About to scare me to death, something that big. Not me. I didn't shoot my wife, and I didn't shoot her lover. Whatever mistakes I made, I paid for them, and then so. That hotel, that boat, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. This is just shitty pipe dreams. I mean, Mexico is way to hell down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. Yeah, right. That's the way it is. It's down there, and I'm in here. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living, or get busy dying. Shawshank Redemption. Elaine May, what got you into it and why has it stayed with you? Um, I just think there aren't that many films that like when you stumble across them, no matter who's with you or what the context is, that you'll end up watching it. Watching it. And I think this is one of those films. Um, I watched it when I was quite young, I think, maybe too young, who knows. But um, I think like I definitely do have that kind of nostalgia attached to it. Um, but, you know, it's such a story about hope and connection and uh the acting and it is just incredible and the chemistry there is so good um so it just makes it such a great watch no matter how many times you've seen it i think but it's a great way to finish out the culture club as i said you're far from the first person who has nominated that <laughs> as the movie that they still go to all the time to go back to because it does so much for them elaine may it's been great having you with us thank you very much we look forward to hearing about your debut album when it comes out in october i'm sure we'll cover it in our music news on a tuesday evening here when we get the chance to do so so thank you for joining us on the culture club the last word with matt cooper weekdays from 4 30 